0: Welcome to the Tate Talks podcast. This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by JumpCloud for MSPs. JumpCloud for MSPs provides managed service providers a platform for delivering modern IT services that are identity-centric, cloud-native, and vendor-agnostic. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thanks so much for listening. It really does mean the world to me to see that people are enjoying the podcast. So thanks once again. If you've not subscribed, please do so. And on with the show today where I had a great chat with a friend of mine, Greg Jones, who is now at Kaseya and Datto, and we learned quite a lot about his career. So hope you enjoy. Welcome to today's podcast. And I'm thrilled to have Greg Jones from Datto joining me. Hi, Greg. How are you doing?
1: Hey Chris, great to see you. Um, Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, Before we kick off, I just want to say hey, thanks for having me on and I see you've had some great guests on recently so uh, I hope I live up to your expectations.
0: (laughs) I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure you will. I know a little bit about you anyway from sort of working with you in multiple areas so I'm sure that you've got some great stories to tell and our, our listeners will really be interested in that, so I guess before we get going, for those that don't know you, and I know that that's probably relatively few in the MSP space across the world because you seem to be here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Any kind of fun snippets that people may not know about Greg Jones?
1: Um, yeah, so I'm Greg Jones, I'm vice president of business development, um, in EMEA for Kaseya um, and Datto. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty much one of the evangelists um, here at Kaseya, uh, but it's not all about product really. It's about um, just helping MSPs uh, share knowledge, information, uh, and really, yeah, just help everyone. So not pitching and peddling uh, products and services, but more connecting people, helping people, giving some insights where I can, um, and just picking up knowledge really, and um, Fun fact, I don't know. I seem to work too much of them, honest, Chris. I don't think there's much fun about me anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I enjoy snowboarding. I've jumped out of a good few helicopters. I'm strapped to a snowboard called heliboarding. That's my passion. Um, in my downtime, I do a lot for charity. i the Children's Charity. Um, and yeah, when I can't be found in the MSP community or doing something for charity, it's normally with friends and family or in the lake district in a mountain somewhere. Um uh, that's pretty much me in a in a nutshell.
0: No, that's really cool. I knew about the older hay stuff, the charity stuff you do, which is sort of really uh, inspiring, but I didn't know about heliboarding. In fact, until twenty seconds ago, I didn't even know that was such a there's a word heliboarding. So I've learned something <laughs> new today.
1: Yeah. No, it's one of my passions. Uh, I just don't get out enough now. Uh, But yeah, really love
0: it. Okay, well, I'll be Googling that after. So um, obviously you were at Datto now, Kaseya. Um, How did you get here in terms of what did your career look like before you got into the MSP space? And then how did it progress through the MSP community to current day?
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting. Well, I think it's interesting in terms of, you know, my background. And it's it, it's been a mixed bag, really. Um, I've always been in IT. It's something that I kind of had a flair for, really, and a, a bit of a passion going back to the day. Um, and I've been in the space probably um, 23, 24, 25 years, something like that, uh, in terms of IT. And I started um, I started for local um local government, and then moved on to central government. Um, I spent 15 years um, with local and central government doing a real mixture, really. Um, A first, um, just support in schools, um, um, secondary education, and then moved my way up, really, um, looking after um, what was called BSF, Building Schools for the Future. So looking at how we integrate Really cutting edge technology into um, the academic and, and, you know, the the education side of institutes to to change the way students engage with technology, but also how they learn. And that was really exciting. Um, Worked a lot with um, the likes of Cisco and Microsoft on really cutting edge technology. Um, So rather than students, um, I guess i don't know dealing with um in a history lesson the likes of the battle of hastings 1066 you know reading about it they would go into an immersive environment where it would change the walls floor ceiling to reenact um you know the battle of hastings and you know i got to work on some really cool tech uh, big budget tech which was nice um and then after that so i spent 15 years doing that uh, about 15 years uh, for local and cent- central governments. i uh, done a couple of years uh, consulting for central government around um, child exploitation online for seop I was their ambassador for that. Um, basically writing a lot of white papers and, and coming up with how to keep children safe online for, for many different uh, reasons um, and writing policies and procedures. And then... Um, I got into the MSP space. Uh, I spent about five, six years in the MSP space as head of technical services and then CTO. Um, and then I took the plunge to the dark side uh, and I came over to the vendor world um, around about, um, where are we? Um, uh, about three and a half years, coming up to four years ago now. Uh, wow, that's gone quick. Um and yeah, that's that. That's kind of where I'm at today, and it's all brought me to this moment to land on your podcast, Chris.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And that's that was a very interesting um, career update there. Some of which I didn't know, obviously, that you'd been involved in that, and it's some some really good causes. And uh, yeah, it's obviously brought you to where you are. So I guess just one quick up question then around that is. What would you say is is one of the biggest differences you've seen working on sort of local government into then working in small to medium sized businesses and helping support them with Kaseya?
1: Yeah, I think it's been really interesting. Um, You know, I'm a big believer in in, in terms of um, tech having an impact and kind of changing lives in some way, shape or description. And that changes depending on um, the vertical you're working within or who you're working for and it's been massively different obviously in local and central government world um budgets were a lot lot big, bigger um, most of the budgets were all managed in the millions of pounds in the most cases um you know and <clears throat> it's delivering an impact um, that was different you know we look at SLAs today in business and it's all about Protecting the bottom line, the number that's coming into that business, but when we take it to the likes of an education setting, it's still we ha- still have SLAs and need to have uptime and this, that, and the other. But it's it's not financially motivated if there's an outage or a downtime. In my view, some ways I used to say it was more important because if you lose an hour of teaching and learning, that is an hour that you can never get back in the curriculum. You know, schools universities colleges um only have a set amount of time with that individual to get the best out of them and we can never get those hours back irrelevant of the sla or the financial penalty whereas in business we have slas that have financial impact and uh, and can give back penalties to for some of the outage that's very different so I, i guess that's um the big differences um just slightly different parameters that we work in but ultimately um just moving the needle in whichever industry is 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 what i'm always passionate about and i love i truly love and that's why i've stayed in vendor world um the impact that we have as vendors and msps you know when i used to be on the msp side of the fence sitting in boardrooms When we were sat around discussing, it was nice to see how technology was impacting that business in terms of a black or a red number to the business. It kind of felt like it meant more because you knew that that was an SMB and SME, i.e. an individual or a group of individuals where it actually meant something to them. You know, you were impacting their where they went on holiday maybe uh, with the amount of money they made, whether they put their kids through private school or bought that car, bought the shoes, changed house, changed jobs. You know, it really matters. Um, and, it, you know, it's important both sides of the fence, education, local government, central, uh, vendor world, um, MSP. But it just means more to me when I can see the impact actually Changes lives really
0: um and yeah yeah that's uh, that's a good way to look at it and I guess this is probably a good point then to to sort of talk a little bit about your move to the dark side which is uh, where you are now (laughs) in the in the vendor land I mean tell us a little bit about what you what what it is you're doing what's your day-to-day look like and uh, what's the role at uh, Kaseya that, that you've got now
1: So my role is um, quite fluid, really, and flexible. And my remit is just to help our partners grow in any way, shape, or form, help them on their business operational maturity level within their business. As I mentioned before, it's not about um, peddling products or software or service. It's about evangelising, obviously, our products and services and, and Kaseya and Datto. But more importantly, working for our partners within their MSP business, helping them understand how the landscape is changing, how they can do more with less, how they can help their MSP. And it's kind of a a bit of a 360 role, really. Things on one call, I'll pick up with an amazing MSP, might help another partner. There might be one golden nugget that someone gives me on this call, but I'll then Cascade to another 100, 200 MSPs that I'm working with. You know, this is, um, you know, I always say I, I, I'm far from always the smartest person in the room. Uh, it's usually, you know, the MSPs that I'm helping and serving. And I, all I'm doing really is passing information along, helping them, obviously giving them insights into challenges that I've seen and overcome um, within consulting with MSPs, but also working in one for, you know, kind of six years Um I love the I love the vendor world because you just impact more. When I moved to the MSP world, it was about I loved it because rather than you know helping you know local governments or and you couldn't always see it in the MSP world, you're impacting lives within SMBs. But then when I moved to the vendor world, it was well now I'm helping MSPs which are helping hundreds upon hundreds and thousands upon thousands of SMBs, SMEs. So I guess, you know, in a weird kind of way, it expands my reach. Um, and that's, I guess, what I'm passionate for. I, I genuinely, and it it is a bit sad, but I do live and breathe it, um, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And that kind of leads quite nicely then to the next question, because I'm sure you've got lots of experience of this from speaking to hundreds of msps and other vendors like you do i know is that kind of what are you seeing the the bigger challenges that msps and or vendors are seeing as we head into 2023
1: yeah well you know it's interesting and i don't really want to play buzzword bingo because that seems to be a thing at the moment where you know we all talk about kind of um you know, ransomware and cybercrime, and, and that's not going away. You know, it is exploding since the pandemic, and before, you know, we've been talking about this since I don't know, 2015, arguably. Um, but yeah, cybercrime, ransomware that's at an all-time high, that's continuing to grow. Um, we're seeing a lot around AI and machine learning um now for SMBs, SMEs, MSPs. Um That's really interesting, really interesting kind of area going forward. But the main kind of challenges for MSPs are we've just released our state of the channel um, MSP report not long ago. And there was a few things in there that were new this year. But overall, it is the same challenges, just um, compounded with the likes of COVID and everything else. And a lot of those are around sales and marketing, Um, you know, a lot an awful lot of MSPs just struggle with it. And that's why I beat the drum about it and try and help as many other vendors do as well, is help MSPs with sales and marketing because that is the difference between massively succeeding and not. A lot of the fastest growing MSPs that I see or work with out there in the channel, the only main difference irrelevant of where they're at on their business operational maturity level is their approach to sales and marketing the fastest growing ones typically have either one eye on sales and marketing or a focus on it or a team and the ones that aren't for whatever reason you know it might be budget challenges or they don't have the staff or they're just not big enough they're the ones that um struggle more around new customer acquisition they're normally more concerned about attrition or losing customers. Um, and I guess it comes back to that. Uh, you know, if we, if I was looking for kind of a, an analogy, we all in the MSP space, you know, spend the time polishing our speed boat, making it the best MSP possible. But sometimes we forget to put the outboard engines on that speed boat, i.e. the sales and marketing uh, departments or the sales and marketing team, whether, you outsource that, whether you do it in a house, really. So, so yeah, the usual thing, sales and marketing is a challenge. We're seeing um, the recession or economic downturn being a concern for MSPs at the moment. Um, that is um, one thing. And finally, I would say pretty much every MSP I speak to is looking to do more with less. So reduce operational expenditure. Um by doing more with less and that the reason for that is because of the way the industry is around staffing a lot of MSPs are struggling right now um, to find recruit and retain top talent in the industry
0: yeah absolutely so a couple of things to unpack there then the first one you mentioned and I've, I've seen the same reports as you for years and years um, around sales and marketing as being a challenge for MSPs. I mean, I mean, in your opinion, why is that a challenge? And is it, is it getting better in terms of of vendors and everyone's been trying to bang this drum for years now? Is it making a difference or MSPs getting better at the sales and marketing piece?
1: Yeah, I think we I think overall when we look at it, we, we are. There's still a long, long way to go. And look, hey, sales and marketing is challenging, as is cyber security, cyber resiliency for anyone. And anyone who tells you that it isn't, I, personally I don't believe that's true. You know, whether that be from the MSP side of the fence or vendor world, um, you know, sales and marketing, cyber security, cyber resiliency, they're all challenging areas that you continually have to work out. You never achieve, you know, the utopia or holy grail to say, you know, hey, we're cyber resilient, or hey, we, you know, we've achieved our sales and marketing. It's it's constantly evolving, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, new uh, um, audiences we're having to to reach um, using new technologies, different ways, different platforms. You know, social media is having a huge impact now. I think overall yeah we are chipping away at it. a lot of vendors are helping and and so many vendors are giving out great content out there you know not only financially from a mdf sales and marketing but the content that they're delivering for their partners because let's be honest and you know let's call you know call it as it is um we're all in this together you know the faster msps grow the faster vendors grow and vice versa. So if we've got deep pockets, which most vendors do have, what we should absolutely be doing is giving back to the MSP community because that is our bread and butter. You know, we are only, most vendors are only the size that they are because of all the MSPs out there, whether they're small, medium, or large enterprise MSPs. We owe our success to MSPs because they are evident to us. There are go-to-market strategy. There are. So I, I believe, yeah, sorry, long-winded way to ask, Chris. Yes, we're on the journey there. We're, we've not achieved it. Long way to go. But I think we're in a better position than where we've come from in the past.
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think it's, a bit, it's an ongoing journey. I don't think as a community we're ever going to sit and think big tick in the box to say we've solved the sales and marketing problem for MSPs. It's going to be going on forever, I guess. Um, Another thing you mentioned, which I thought was interesting, was around the reducing expenditure, uh, partly down to recruitment. And obviously, that, I guess that's partly touches upon AI that you mentioned again as a previous thing, which is probably hopefully going to allow MSPs to do more with less, I guess, in terms of sort of more intelligent automation. But what I wanted to ask with your other hat on, you know, from your educational background, is do you see that problem with recruitment? Um, Is that because... I'm trying to work out how to phrase the question. I mean, are people coming out of schools, colleges, universities just not turned on by the industry, or, or they, is education not creating the kind of candidates that MSPs are looking for, or are people just going into a different um, other sides of tech uh, rather than moving into the IT into the channel?
1: Yeah, it, you know that's a really. It, it... It's a great question and a difficult one to answer. Um, you know, I think and what I've thought for many years is we look at um education very triconially um, and very rigid, you know, um how we approach learning within schools. And what I mean by that is we still expect students to go into, you know, a 60 minute or a 90 minute lesson, switch on for history, then switch off then go into maths for an hour, put our maths head on or something like that, whereas the real world isn't like that. We more achieve things by working on projects, so maybe if we looked at it as, well, rather than going in and switching on for maths, history, geography and English, we have a project that encompassed all those, and where I'm getting is it's still the approach that we have to technology when we're seeing new students come out. We've train them or give them a a basic understanding of IT, but it's not really relevant in the MSP space, or certainly it doesn't help SMBs and SMEs. That's why, you know, we have lots of great um, apprentice programmes. And when somebody comes in out of school or college or university into an MSP, they still need to do a lot of work because they've not got that understanding of business acumen. Now, It's great being a technical person, but we need much more than that now. It's about how we communicate with our customers and we understand it's not about fixing the laptop or the problem that's in front of us. It's about overcoming the business challenges and that's very different. Also, students coming out now of colleges and and, um, schools and universities, they've got such a wide opportunity of jobs to go into. Quite frankly, there are jobs now that didn't exist five, 10 years ago. Um, Some of the top jobs in the world didn't exist three years ago. Um, And there's titles out there that, quite frankly, I've never even heard of. Um, You know, it truly is a world of opportunity. Um, um, Yeah, it's a really interesting subject. And by, I'm no expert by any means, but I find it fascinating, yeah.
0: No, no, I agree. It's such, a, it's such a competitive market. And I guess just throwing this one at you, um, you may, may or may not be able to answer, but I know you've kind of predominantly worked within EMEA, but are based in the UK a lot of the time, but you travel around the world. I mean, are you seeing that same challenge with recruitment everywhere or is it a, is it a UK problem or a worldwide problem?
1: So it it is globally, it is. But the gap is changing. You know, if we look at just the MSP space, we used to say in EMEA, we were kind of five years behind the US overall in the MSP space. And that gap is closing. They say, I say they, um, the the data houses, you know, the Canalis, IDC and Gartner are saying that gap is closing to about three years now. But we all have the same problems around recruitment, uh, bringing people in, um and and there's many reasons for that. Really, um I think it's going to be really interesting. We started the year off in terms of uh, the the year of the resignation, and it's kind of gone full circle now as we're entering a you know an economic downturn or a recession. Yes, we're in the best industry to ride the storm or weather the storm. Um, And that's proven in history. If we look back at IT throughout recessions, we typically do well. I'm not saying some businesses won't disappear and and the likes, but overall we do very well because SMBs and SMEs look to us to do more with less, i.e. use the technology really to to help them within their businesses. Um, But I think, yeah, I think, challenge challenge globally is around recruitment and i think that's why many msps and also vendors are looking how we do more with automation but this subject of do more with less is really important because most msps only use about 30 percent of any product or service so that means 70 percent of any product you're not using the true f- features of it if you think of even something basic like word or excel how many options and functions there are in there and then just think about you as an individual how many features you use within excel or word like i think i only use bold underline maybe italics if it's a really fancy (laughs) thing um you know but you know all right there's some stuff like pivot tables but there's things in, in in some of these applications that I don't even know what they do. And it's the same for MSPs. So it's about how we start looking to use more of that 70% that we're not doing, how we do more around automation. And this, again, it doesn't need to be buzzword bingo with, you know, I don't know, um, digital revolution or digital transformation. Digital transformation just means you're moving the needle in business some way by using technology. That's all it means. It's not, It doesn't have to be some fancy consultant words. It just means you're driving a bit more innovation than you were yesterday. You, you're doing a little bit more with tech, whether that's you know hardware, software, or the application. And I think we need to go back to basics. And I'm including myself in this. You know, Some of my posts, even on social, I'm quite active because I automate more. Yeah, I absolutely could. because I save myself time? I absolutely could. And I think we all need to own it a little bit, whether it's an MSP, SMB, SME to say, okay, let's look at my job and my life and my role. How can I automate some of the mundane, laborious things and free, free myself up to do more exciting stuff? Because I know, I know personally, God, I'd love to have more time. You know, I'm quite sad. I'm, I, I don't have a very good work life balance. Um, would I love to have more? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, long way to answer your question, Chris. Sorry, but that's that's my take on it.
0: No, interesting. Well, it may have used some space up because based on that previous answer, you might not have much for the next one, which is <laughs> uh, when you're not working. Um, what are your kind of go to books, podcasts? Obviously, apart from tape talks. But it sounds like you you, you are working most of the time. But I guess. When you when you're on a flight, I know you fly a lot. I mean, do you listen to podcast, uh, podcasts or read books or movies? What what kind of stuff do you do to unwind? If it, if indeed it is unwind, or or do you use the time to learn? What's, what's your preference? So it depends. I,
1: I I'm really, really bad at a work-life balance. In in fact, it's certainly uh, one of my mentors beat me up on it constantly. And I, I really, really try, um, and I'm really unsuccessful. So if anyone's got any tips or can help me, I'd love to. Because I'm too uh plugged in and I guess I guess I, you know, the last four, four years or so, um, don't have as much fun as I used to, let's just say that. Um, But in terms of learning, I love podcasts. Uh, I listen to many things, you know, the CEO diaries, Um, um anything that moves really that's going to help me in. It's usually around tech and business. I've just finished a book uh, called Leadership and Deception that was really good. And that was about um, being in or out of the box, how we approach situations and other people that was really eye-opening to me um i have lots of books that i've read um ones i've read recently are industries of the future that was really really powerful and um, talks a lot about uh, ai uh, machine learning um one of my favorite books is will it make the boat go faster and that basically is talks about the olympics and ultimately It was the way the Olympic rowing team looked at the challenge of winning gold. And for everything that they'd done for a number of years, they just asked the question, would it make the boat go faster? And sometimes we need to do that in business. You know, they even, I know I'm kind of spoiling the book, but they all wanted to go to the opening ceremony of the Games. But they asked themselves, would it make the boat go faster? And absolutely it wouldn't. It would have meant they'd have been... They'd have missed training, they'd have been up later, so they didn't go to something that they really wanted to do. And for me, that was really interesting because it just puts things into perspective as we're working on our, our kind of goals and challenges. And you know, we all we all hit goals, we all miss goals. You know, I drop the ball all the time, but you know, it makes me better next time. So um, and then when I when I do get true downtime. I try and switch it off. Um, I try to go somewhere where my phone signal doesn't work. I'm not very good at clicking that aeroplane button mode on my phone. So I normally tend to go somebody where somewhere where I know I won't get signal, on a mountain, on a beach somewhere, or somewhere very, very remote.
0: Yeah, and sadly, those places are going more and more difficult to find. But uh, I've kind of got a little bit better at using um, different modes on the iPhone, whatever, to sort of suppress notifications and emails and things in the evening, because otherwise I'd be constantly on my phone and it's super annoying. But yeah, I mean, and, and also those books sound really good. I'm, I'll put a link to them all in the description of the episode. And I'm certainly going to check out the, um, will it make the boat go faster? Because that sounds really something that could be very useful for MSPs. So we're talking on previous podcasts around the importance of setting goals, uh, whether it be simple goals, as in, You know, we want to increase MRR this quarter or we want to reduce churn or want to bring on so many clients. And I think that having that kind of simple question that's asked within the business, you know, um, will this increase our MRR or will this reduce our churn? Almost asking a simple question with everything that they do would be really useful for MSPs to allow them to focus on the goals. So yeah, I look forward yeah. to reading that. Yeah.
1: And I think that's, you know, one of the things as well around setting goals and challenges as well is make it make it fun as well. You know, put some personal ones in there to have downtime, have fun time, whether that's with a loved one, friend or family, you know. And I'll be honest, that was one of the things this year that I or should I say last year, the back ends that one of my mentors absolutely beat me up, annihilated me on that. I wasn't having enough uh, Greg time, you know, enough downtime, because that impacts every area of your life. I always kind of and it never works like this, but kind of segment my kind of 24 hours into kind of three areas. One is you know, business or, or work. One is, uh, you know, recreation and, and, and the other area is kind of sleep or rest. And yeah, in a 24-hour day, they never split down into perfect eight hours, um, illustratively. But if you're unhappy in, in one of those areas or doing too much in one of those areas, it impacts every other segment. So you can never find that kind of holy grail. Uh, but I'll also Chris, I'll post a a, a picture uh, of some books that I would recommend when you post this podcast uh, underneath uh, some of my um, kind of business uh, book library. It might help a few people.
0: Yeah, awesome well i'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll arrange that when the podcast's going to go live. So a couple of quick questions left. Um, the first one I ask everyone is if you were starting your career again today as kind of a young sort of eighteen year old uh, Greg Jones what advice would you give yourself or would you do done anything differently to what you have done?
1: I would say you move outside of your comfort circle for many years. Um, you know, I stayed within my comfort zone. We become a kind of victim of our own success that we, you know, we get comfortable and we, and we kind of just go with the status quo, you know, push it, challenge yourself, challenge the status quo, Um, you know, Connect with people that you wouldn't normally um, move in circles with. Typically, you know, you rub off on the people that you move in and around. So if everyone's the same as you or, you know, you're just going to become that, just push yourself, join other clubs, do other things, meet new people, um, you know, and never, ever keep away from them Them rooms where you feel like you're smart in the room. I, I love to so always think um, I'm the one in the room that is always just uh, learning, basically, and, uh, and sucking knowledge in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be my focus.
0: Okay, right. Well, the final question, and I guess before I lead with this, I'd just like to maybe just thank you on behalf of the community for the One Minute Wednesday tips that you've been doing for quite a long time now, actually. And you seem to religiously do it every Wednesday, which takes some some commitment. But I guess, and they're really useful. And I've spoke to other MSPs, and they find them useful as well. But so the final question, and you've probably got a whole host of these stored up from yourselves and people you've spoken to, and you've got more than one minute. There's no kind of, in fact, you've got more than one minute on one minute Wednesday. I've noticed, but you know, <laughs> you've got more than a minute. Um, but what tip would you give to MSPs to help them with their business now?
1: I would say is um, you know, step outside of your business and truly. Um, Look at it from the eyes of your customer rather than, you know, rather than the business owner or CEO. Um, Sometimes it's that old cliche saying we can't see the wood for the trees. Um, Put yourself in the experience of how your customers go through your business and then look at how you adapt your business is is, would be my advice. Uh, If I was looking at it from an MSP side of the thing, I would say connect with other business owners, CEOs, join a peer group. If you're not in a peer group, and there's many of them out there, you know, there's True Methods, True Peer, there's Evolve, there's, you know, the likes of Network Group, the 20 Club, there's, there's, there's loads of them. But have somebody that holds you accountable within your MSP business. You know, I've never met an MSP that I've, you know, that has Made themselves, uh, you know, a hundred percent in every area. There's always work to be done, uh, and I would say, they are joining a peer group and being accountable to other CEOs or directors is huge because typically, as we go up the ladders in in in, in power or status, nobody really holds us accountable, you know, and. A lot can be said for accountability. A lot of growth comes out of it. So join a peer group, um, you know, and 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 connect with some of your competitors as well. Don't see them as, you know, a, a competitor or an enemy. There's enough business out there for anyone. And anyone that thinks that's not true, well, maybe you need to look at it slightly different. Uh, that would be my advice. Uh, keep learning, um, you know, keep listening to podcasts, keep reading books and dedicate some of your time to, training development uh education and
0: learning chris yeah no couldn't put it better myself i'm a big peer group advocate as you know and i think that i've never found an msp that <clears throat> didn't get sort of great value from being part of a peer group and you're right speaking with competitors and different businesses is is only going to help so yeah great advice perfect so okay well with that we're at time so Thanks, Greg. It's been great to catch up. Hope to see you in person sometime real soon. But uh, thanks for all your tips. I'll make sure that I put all of your contact details and things below so people can reach out and maybe get in touch with you with some tips on how to uh, get your work-life balance improved a little.
1: (laughs) I'd love that, Chris. And Chris, thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. And I love seeing your content out there in the MSP community. Um, so thanks for all that you do. And yeah, to the whole MSP community, thanks for listening. And I hope you got some value. And yeah, love love to connect with you and uh, work with you going forward. Thank you.
0: See you soon. Bye. See you soon. So there you have it. Thanks so much for listening. I've linked all of the stuff Greg spoke about into the comments below. Please remember to subscribe and I'll see you next time on Tate Talks. This podcast has been very kindly sponsored by JumpCloud for MSPs. JumpCloud for MSPs provides managed service providers a platform for delivering modern IT services that are identity-centric, cloud-native, and vendor-agnostic. Using JumpCloud's open directory platform, MSPs can iteratively replace point solutions by unifying device, identity, and access management. To learn more, please visit jumpcloud.com MSP or email the team at partners at jumpcloud.com.